What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And guess what? What? Today's episode is another Roast to Scrope grab bag. Awesome. I love these episodes. Yeah, we've not done one of these in a while, so I'm excited. Honestly, recording these types of episodes just puts a smile on my face for the rest of the day, so I'm already enjoying this. Time to dust off the FDS barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> We're once again backlogged on Roasted Skirts, so we are getting through a bunch of them today. Some really interesting stories coming up, starting with, I wouldn't call this one interesting, but it comes from one of the male Patreon subscribers on our Scrotes Strike Back tier. Once again, patreon.com forward slash female dating strategy. He wanted to ask us high value women some questions. Actually, no, didn't he ask us a lot of questions? Yeah, he asked us a lot of questions. I'm going to like, we're going to answer them. We're only going to answer the first one. We're going to read the whole thing and then basically drag part of it. So here we go. First question. What's a high value women? W-O-M-E-N. Sincerely, the real ruthless. And then (laughs) the second paragraph is, and what is with women who break up with guys on their choice? You know what? I'm going to roast this man's English skills. I hope this isn't his first language because, sir. Also, what is with women who break up with guys on their choice? And then three weeks later, they are texting them, telling them they miss us. It's ridiculous. They will throw a fit about why they got to break up with you, then come crawling back after they realize that them leaving didn't hurt you as much as they thought it would. I'm tired of it. All of my exes have dumped me or agreed to break up and then went back in a short time later like they made a mistake. Then they set themselves up to get manipulated by guys because we realize they won't leave us again and we can basically ask for what we want and they give us whatever we ask. I don't quite understand that. (laughs) Sounds like a personal problem and also sounds made up, honestly. Like... It sounds like he just literally just made that up and or it's like some fucking fantasy he has. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this does sound first of all made up to me. But if anything, it's more it's probably more they aren't happy in the relationship, but they're just not strong enough to move on yet. It's also quite a normal thing as well, um, because ultimately when we leave a relationship, we break a series of habits. And even though the relationship or in our rational minds, we know that the relationship isn't working, but we get drawn back to those habits. That's how people get into on on off relationships for such a long period of time it's not necessarily the relationship or the person that's drawing them back per se but it's that loss of a habit and especially when if you're used to you know talking to somebody you know waking up next to them and you don't have that anymore there's you don't have anything to replace it with it's quite common response you know to want to go back to the last person that filled that position so and it happens to women as well i would just say honestly it's not personal it's just how like we as humans process loss and loss of habits it's it's not personal no it's personal they're not happy with him it's personal in the sense of like they don't want to be with this guy but they don't want to leave either because it's too emotionally difficult it's like congratulations ruthless you're good enough for now boyfriend basically like i want you to know that you're the kind of guy that women they don't really see a long-term future with they just think oh he's good enough for now like he's a six-month boyfriend tops so it sounds like neither of you are particularly like high value people so maybe you are made for each other actually this just sounds like they're immature and quite frankly she's gonna jump ship at quickest opportunity of someone better and i hope she does honestly and also i'm not being funny but you keep saying they're all coming back and they're all texting you and stuff but it's like firstly why haven't you blocked them like you're clearly entertaining them as well so it takes two to tango in these tonight this is why fds advocates block and delete like they can't do this crap on you if you just blocked and deleted them yeah the door's shut but you know some of these men as well let's face it they also enjoy the attention so i'm not fully buying that you find it annoying because it's happened like multiple times now so yeah block and delete 
and kind of reveals his true colors with the line, then they set themselves up to get manipulated by guys because we realize they won't leave us again and we can basically ask for what we want and they give us whatever we ask. Yeah, sounds very red pill, to be honest. First of all, I find the shift in language very interesting here because he's saying they set themselves up manipulated by guys because we, like he's saying men more generally as if there's other guys that do this to these women, but really he's talking about himself, right? What he's actually saying is like, I manipulate women who say they're going to leave me, but then don't because I know that they're not actually going to leave me and I can ask for what I want, right? That makes him sound like a horrible person when he says it like with I instead of we, right? When he says it with we, it makes it sound like it's the woman's fault, like she's the common denominator, right? I mean, and it's not true. Like I said, they'll jump ship the first better option. Like this is how you don't inspire any type of loyalty, right? Be a dick when they come back. Then he messaged us a few more times. What are some other messages he sent us? He said, no, fuck the rest of his message. You get one question (laughs) per month. Yeah. (laughs) No, because the rest of it is so stupid. He's like, WWE are not wrestlers. They're actors. Everything is staged and everything is scripted. Stop calling them wrestlers. I guess he didn't like your John Cena episode, Savannah. I mean, as a former WWE fan, I would say I would love to see you get on the road 300 days a year, taking body slams, you know, running around, picking up somebody double your weight and tell me it's not a sport. Yes, it's scripted, but I would always say like that shit is super physical and people get like wrestlers have died in the job. Like, so I'm not going to take that from somebody. (laughs) I'm not going to take that. You know, who probably lives in a basement and their only exercise is walking to and from the fridge. Like, that's not acceptable. Like, you try and do it and then get back to me. And then he says, like, just listen to your rich guy rapes women and row false rape accusations rant. I think he's actually talking about me because I think that was actually my rant. But people mix up. People always get as confused and I am confused why they get as confused. (laughs) I don't get it either. I feel like we sound completely different, but you know what? The fact that people keep confusing me and Roe has made me a lot less worried that I might get doxxed based on my voice. Because if people can't tell the difference between me and Roe, like there are people that I've met in real life who've listened to the podcast and didn't know it was me, like didn't know it was me from the podcast. I'm actually kind of happy that people confuse us all the time. It makes me feel a lot safer. Anyways, so he continues, I thought I would bring up an article you've thoughtfully ignored. This boy was falsely accused of rape by five girls who didn't like him. He didn't even have sex with the girls and it destroyed him and his social life. You think that's okay? You think it's justice to accuse a completely innocent man to rape allegations and destroy his career and he did nothing wrong? I'm just gonna say like, you know, Ruthless, like, were you there to know that it didn't happen? Like, I don't understand why you're so passionately. And also, you know, another thing as well is that when the thing with false allegations, bit of a rant here as well, is that there are very, very few, if any, that are actually proven to never have happened. You know, victims can often come forward and say it didn't happen, but that can be more often just to get the investigation to stop. Like when I've spoken to police officers, they've never come across a case where they've actually proven that it didn't happen. They're just taking the victim's word for it. And I'm not saying false allegations never happen, but it's overstated because sometimes victims will actually say, actually, you know, nothing happened just so that the investigation will stop so they don't have to go through the prosecution process. And it just says it's a lawsuit that claims that. It's not even saying that it wasn't on some level true. So he's like, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and when has a rapist ever said, yeah, I did it? And this is another thing with so-called false allegations is that they like to say women lie about being raped, but you know who lies about rape the most? Actual rapists. Like when have they ever come forward and said, yeah, I did it? They don't. So yeah, miss me with that shit. 
Yeah. He had a few other messages, but we're just going to like cut him off there because yeah, you get one question per month and we've already been generous enough. But as for the question, what is a high value woman? I want to answer that question. I think we should do an episode on that one, right? Yeah, I think we should do a separate episode on that one. But I want to be very clear. And this is like what men get so confused about with FDS, about what is a high value man? What is a high value woman? Value is, first of all, subjective. So yeah, there is some objective like market value kind of stuff, I guess. But when you're talking about economics, but like we're talking about a high value man and a high value woman in sales generally value means the perceived worth of something outweighs the cost. And so when we say a high value man, we're talking about a man who adds value to the woman's life and does not subtract value. You know, he doesn't cost, he's not costly to her, right? And a lot of men, unfortunately, are very costly to women and don't add a lot of value to women's life, right? So in my opinion, a man's worth is based on the degree to which he impacts women's lives. If he has a negative effect on women's lives, he's negative value. If he positively impacts women's lives, he's positive value. That's the men. Now, as for the women, this is the part where men get confused because they think that, oh, a high value woman is what most men find sexually appealing or sexually attractive. They'll be like, I want a woman who's like 1600 pounds, big old titties, tiny waist. And you know, that's all fine. That's, you know, if that's what you're sexually attracted to, that's on you, right? But within the context of FDS, when we tell women to level up, we're telling women to add value to their own lives. What I'm saying, though, was within the context of FDS, a man's value and a woman's value is defined based on the impact on the woman's life, right? So we say, for example, women should have their own money, you know, could be a career, could be a job, but you know, a woman should be financially self-reliant. A lot of men will jump in and be like, well, I don't think it's attractive when women have their own money. I don't care how much money a woman makes, you know, the man should make money and so on. It's like, well, I don't really care about that. Because if the man values dependency, for example, right, that's not beneficial to the woman right? So a high value woman is a woman who maximizes her potential in life, has, you know, a group of friends that she can rely on for support. And so on. that's another thing. A lot of men will be like, Oh, like, you know, I don't like women who spend all their time with their friends. Like I want her to be, you know, solely have her attention on me, you know, that's what they value, right? But within the context of FDS, women who don't have a support system with other women, they're more vulnerable. It's not beneficial to you as a woman to be isolated, right? So yeah, a high value woman is financially self-reliant. You know, she takes care of her physical health, of course, right? But we don't impose any kind of like body standards in that area, regardless of what men say. And she has a rich and fulfilling life with or without a man. That's a high value woman. So thank you, Ruthless937, for your unhinged rants and your 40 motherfucking dollars. (laughs) And (laughs) Did he sign up for four months? Yeah, he did. So, oh, you know, shit. Good for you. <laughs> That'll get us a cup of, of coffees and Starbucks at least. Yeah. So thanks for that. I feel like we went pretty nice and we didn't drag you for. We didn't drag him hard enough. I gave him an honest question or I gave him an honest answer to a somewhat honest question, but you know, it is what it is. On to the next grossest grout. We don't give a shit about your opinion about rape. Yeah. <laughs> at all. So you can keep spamming us. We won't give a shit. Back to our regular programming. Back to our regular programming. We're going to go through some roast groats. So our first roast groat is from either Andrea or Andrea. And I've learned over time to never mix those up. <laughs> I'm going to say Andrea. Sorry. I just see A-N-D-R-E-A. It's Andrea. I'm going to call it Andrea just for balance. Submitted a Nasus. So I recently went to a girl's party with seven of my female friends who are each dating men that are common friends to all of us. We actually met each other through these men who were a closely 
knit group of college buddies that have stayed close long after graduating. But since these seven women and I get along well, we frequently socialize without the men around. So at this particular party, we were hanging out and listening to music and I raised the subject of standards and relationships. I explained that one of my core standards with men is that I won't date anyone who watches porn. Feel crystal clear about this and would never in a million years change my feelings and my boundaries about it. No porn, no exception. End of story. Side note, I'm so thrilled that FDS is so unabashedly on the same page as me about porn. Also, long live Gail Dines. We agree. Long live Queen Gail Dines. We agree. I'm bowing, bowing, bowing. But when I shared my no porn, no exception standard at the party, six of my friends' jaws legit dropped to the floor and the seventh one suddenly looked pissed as hell. They were all stunned. And after a long moment of deafening silence, they started taking turns awkwardly defending porn. Quote, I mean, I don't have a problem with porn per se, quote, and as long as he's not addicted, it's fine, right? Quote, and I don't really feel like it's my place to say whether he is allowed to watch porn or not. And a bunch of other pick me nonsense along those lines. Yeah, they're regurgitating everything they've heard from like Cosmo and LibFem Media. And from men as well. Like, you know, men also push these same narratives that unfortunately unwitting, you know, feminists have just picked up and ran with without any form of critical thought. We made a Patreon episode where we critiqued a man who wrote an article on Cosmo about like why you shouldn't be threatened by his porn. Oh, Kuma, was it Kuma Frank? Was it Kuma Frank? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I think it was Coomer Frank. And the thing about it was like, most of it was horseshit. Why should we take all of this at face value? Right? Exactly. Exactly. That's always the thing. Like, of course, they're going to say this kind of thing because they want it and they want to consume it. But doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, exactly. So for most women, you can tell it's not true by the way that they act in your relationship sexually. Like a lot of these guys' penises don't work in their 20s and or like they need such extreme sexual stimulus or like abusive sexual stimulus that only comes out of porn. It doesn't really actually feel good to women that why should we continue to support the industry? And in addition to all the other problems with it, which we've gone over in other episodes. I will say though, I am the sort of person where sometimes I'll just say something controversial at like a party and watch everyone else just sort of like trip over themselves trying to like, just to watch the bomb go off. And they'll like, I'll say something that's like controversial, but objectively true. And then everyone else will be like tripping over themselves, trying to come up with like a rationalization or trying to argue with it or whatever. I'll just sit there kind of like, I don't know. I like, I just like to start shit sometimes. I'll just patiently sort of like objection handle each and every single one of their bad fucking arguments and like as you can tell i'm a lot of fun at parties i handle it with like humor and we end up like you know usually by the end of the conversation it's like they've heard kind of a different perspective and you know i'll sort of smooth things over with humor but like these women will go home after having that seed planted in their head and they'll be like hey like, do I actually have to put up with this kind of shit? Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'll just like say controversial shit on purpose just to like start that conversation. And often that does lead to people changing their perspective over time. Maybe not in the moment, but yeah. Yeah, it's like, who made these rules? That's why you should always question it because who created this culture where we had to automatically accept it Mm -hmm. and why? When we start retracing the roots of how that happened, and we talked about that with Gail Dines, about how there was a certain number of feminists that just kind of sold out on the porn train, both because it's lucrative. Because it's easy. (laughs) It's easy. And also that they uh, deliberately deplatformed women who were porn critical in conjunction with a lot of men, right? So, and then tried to paint it as like, it was all Christian conservatism, et cetera, instead of like understanding that there are legitimate critiques of the porn industry itself, as well as the effect in the population. And all of the major magazines suppressed the research, the mountains of research that's now kind of coming through the cracks of mainstream media that porn is having a legitimate effect on developing brains. 
right? And an effect in how men treat women sexually. Like that's just, it's undeniable now, which is partially why the mainstream media is finally starting to take it more seriously. It doesn't have an innocuous effect on the population. That's for sure. So, okay. So next paragraph, after bumbling on in this unflattering way for a few minutes, one of them finally said to me quietly, I could never have a no porn standard because my boyfriend just wouldn't honor it. There's no way he would ever quit watching porn because of my feelings. And you know what? I think she's probably right. I think there are probably many, many men who would flatly refuse to give up porn for a relationship with a woman. Or probably more commonly, there are many, many men who would simply lie and hide it. I just want to comment real quick. That's the thing with standards is people seem to think that standards are about changing your existing partner, which is not true. Standards are about stating your expectations. And then if other people don't meet those expectations, you just don't continue to have a relationship with them. And that's the reason why it's so manipulative when a woman sets a standard or a boundary around porn and people then flip it on her saying you're being controlling. And it's like, well, no, she's setting the terms of her engagement. If the man doesn't agree, he's free to walk away. Like, that's how it works. She's not trying to change him. But, you know, so many women get almost, in a way, uh, manipulated into believing that by having a standard, they're being controlling. And it's part of the wider narrative of just trying to essentially, like, remove all women's you know boundaries and to not only remove all women's boundaries and standards but to make us feel evil and bad and controlling for having them in the first place also it's not even true that all men watch porn all men have definitely seen porn but i wouldn't say that there's definitely variation within men in terms of how much porn they watch like obviously there's the coomers they're like beyond help they're just like just put them on an island and just let them figure it out but you know where it's like they're beyond saving those are like the extremes and then there's like maybe the average man where it's like i'd say probably the average man needs to probably jerk off to porn every single time he masturbates i think that's probably where we're at with the culture where yeah the average man does like to watch porn every single time he masturbates which is odd because it's not like porn's been around in a consumable capacity for as long as like in, in the current capacity for like all of human history or anything. It's a relatively new phenomenon and people have been masturbating forever. Yeah, it's a new cultural standard, right? So yeah, there are men that at the other side of the spectrum where maybe they've seen porn, but they're just not really like into it or they just don't, it's just sort of weird to them or they just have sex with their girlfriend instead of watching porn, you know? Do you know what? I honestly would not be surprised if in like a couple of years time, they're going to start saying watching porn is like genetics. They'll start saying that. <laughs> There's a porn watching gene. You laugh, but honestly, in a couple of years' time, that will be the new narrative. It's a genetic component. I can't help it. It's a sexual orientation. <laughs> it's sexual orientation, like coomerism, and it's genetics. That's what they're going to be arguing very soon. Because also, with this my psychology MA hat on, is that you can, like, correlation doesn't always equal causation. And there are many things that have a positive correlation. So they seem to be affected by the same thing. So they go up at the same time that are completely unrelated. So you could find, say, it'll be easy. It actually wouldn't be that difficult to do some sort of, you know, crappy scientific study that shows a relation between a certain gene and watching porn. I'm laughing because I know you're right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's coming. Honestly, it's coming. It's everything but hold men accountable. It's always like they can't help anything. And so even if they couldn't help it, we're on the side that oh fucking well. And we should just cut those guys off. They're not entitled to relationships with women. Like if you, for whatever reason, have a problem, like you have to fix that problem to make yourself an attractive partner. So if you are like a obsessive, compulsive, genetically born, genetically made coomer... <laughs> 
OBC, was it? I don't know. Obsessive compulsive coomerism. <laughs> we need to, we need to like patent that term. Let's call it the DSM-5. <laughs> or the DSM-6, yeah, the DSM-6, yeah. Let's submit that to... <laughs> And tell him. <laughs> Obsessive compulsive coomerism. That's a thing. You heard it on FTS first. OCC. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious when they do that. And then we can like come back to this episode. No, no, no. They wouldn't call it coomerism. They'd call it like obsessive compulsive porn consumption. So it'd be like OCPC or something like that. I think we're manifesting this because if you know the history of the DSM and just how sometimes roughshod it is, I would be surprised if that ends up in the next one. The DSM 6. <laughs> It'll either be the DSM-6 or they'll go down the genetics routes or maybe both because in the DSM they'll just say it's a disorder and I can't help it or the genetics route or both but you heard it from us first. Oh my god. Moving along, I felt a wave of pity surge through me as I listened to my friends' reports of feeling helpless and defenseless in the face of their men's selfish coomer lifestyles. And I wondered why they would want to stay in relationships with scrotes who wouldn't honor a standard like that, which is rooted in the basic values of respect, dignity, and let's face it, human rights. We all know about the horrors of the porn industry. And frankly, I also wondered if any of my friends actually enjoy their sex lives with these men at all. Because in my experience, sex with men who are actively using porn is just not good sex. This is so true. And I think it's, nobody's given women women permission to say no. All of the culture says that women are selfish, controlling, and not open-minded enough, and that it's supposed to benefit us somehow if we encourage our significant others' porn habits. This is why FDS is so necessary, because we need to just be able to say, like, your dick is broken. Like... (laughs) (laughs) This isn't working. Like, you're bad at sex. Porn sick, limp dick. (laughs) Here's the thing. Before FDS, I used to just like struggle in some of my relationships with men where the sex wasn't good. And I would just be in like troubleshooting mode trying to like help him overcome his anxiety or help him do this or whatever. Like, you know, I try to be as accommodating as possible in our sex life. And now I'm realizing like, what the fuck was I doing all of this for? Like, they're the ones who should have been pleasing me this whole time. Okay, like, why am I coming up with all these accommodations for his coomerism? This is ridiculous. It's because all of the women's magazines are about how to please men and all the men's magazines and all the men's media is about how to please themselves. Yeah. A lot of these women probably are in relationships with men who watch porn and they have erectile dysfunction or they have weird fucking kinks and the woman's just like, oh, okay, I guess we can try that or whatever. It's like, no, you do not have to try that. Okay. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. And if it doesn't give you pleasure, don't have to do it. And he's the one who's supposed to be pleasing you. As I said on my Twitter account several months ago, if a man is not making you orgasm all the time, he's porn sick and you should dump him. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the rest of the relationship is like tolerable. And honestly, the, here's the thing is a lot of these women, the actual relationship won't even be good enough to compensate for the fact that the sex is bad. And this is the thing. If a man is like sexually selfish and he's not interested in your sexual pleasure, there is no way, no way he's not selfish in other areas. Like People don't work in compartments like that. You know, they they come with the whole person. <laughs> Whoa! But if he's if <laughs> if he's sexually selfish, there's no way he's a nice giving partner outside the bedroom. It's just not possible because if that was the case, he would be actively invested in your pleasure. But you're telling me that a man who doesn't give a shit if you orgasm or not is a nice caring partner outside the bedroom. 
Yeah, and we know that the men who watch porn, porn almost never depicts the woman's orgasm. And if they do, it's like in this really weird, like theatrical, like... Like when she's giving him a blowjob or something like that. Yeah, or like physically impossible. Like, yeah, like she's giving him a blowjob or she's having... Like she's getting fucked in the ass or something and she has an orgasm from that. And they're not touching the clit at all. And it's like, that's not how women work. Like, so yeah, the man is like probably just hammering away wondering why she's not coming and it's like well yeah it's because that's not how it works in real life like porn isn't like real life and so anyways back to the road or back to the narcissist and then in the height of my reverie came the icing on the cake the seventh friend the one who looked pissed when i shared my piece announced that although her boyfriend does not watch porn she in fact does the quote ethical for women variety of course can i get an eye roll <laughs> yeah, I roll. And she proceeded to defend and make justifications for her beloved porn in classic lip femme fashion, a whole argument which I've heard before and just have zero patience for. Exploitation is the currency of all porn. I'm not here for it. Mm-hmm. I had had enough. I let the conversation drift for another 15 minutes and then I politely excused myself from the Picnisha Bonanza. The good news, I ended the night on a queen note at my favorite restaurant all by my happy self, enjoying a well-made martini, a half a dozen oysters and a well-loved copy of Andrea Dworkin's Intercourse. Cheers. Queen. Yeah. I mean, this is so tough because kind of realizing the extent that your friend group compromises themselves. I want to say actually the first red flag in this is the fact that you met all of these women through men. I want to say this type of friendship dynamic has never really worked out for me where the, like my friend group, it's like the men met each other through the women And so, like, if the men want to be friends with each other and hang out with each other, they have to, like, go with their girlfriends kind of thing. When it's the opposite, where it's like the women all meet each other through the men, I've noticed kind of fucked up dynamics happen, like, like in the past. And so I just kind of avoid centering my friendships around pre-existing male friendships, if that makes sense. Because too often, like, if one of the guys does something bad, it's like all the men will, like, jump to defend them. Even the women will jump to defend them. It just becomes, like, it's this sort of weird power dynamic where, like, the male friendship takes precedence. Whereas I think if it's the men who meet each other through the women, it's like the female friendship is more likely to take precedence. And so I would say, like, maybe steer clear of forming your friendships based around pre-existing male friendships you know yeah that's a really great point and i didn't even realize that until you brought it up but that's so true because you don't ultimately they knew their boyfriend before they knew you and so most of them are going to be i think reflexively more loyal to their boyfriend than they are to like the quote sisterhood right especially if they haven't formed an individual bond with you whereas if you form your own friendship group then you guys have things that you uniquely and genuinely bond with each other over so then when men sort of infiltrate that group it's very clear that when they're changing the dynamic right versus like the established coomer dynamic that the the male group of friends obviously established and then found women who would be down with that so that's that's a great point i noticed this dynamic a lot especially in like the rich housewives whose husbands are like business colleagues type of dynamic and actually you see this really famous cases like you can see this like in betty broderick for example that's a show on netflix i really like where all of her female friends are the wives of her husband's business associates and so when they start having marital problems they stop being friends with her they start making friends with the second wife and like that kind of thing right so you know i would just be my advice to women is like you know make a conscious effort to make friends with women outside of like your connections with men because it's dangerous actually in some ways and listen to our uh, how to build your girl gang episode 
about that because I think that had a lot of tips about finding and building female friendships. Because honestly, they are really important. Even, I mean, obviously just to your overall health and wellness and ability to enjoy life. But also when it comes to when you are dating men, obviously like you have your friends to help you vet, but also like to protect you in times where it goes bad. And that, and just having that friendship support group is just invaluable. And you won't have it if you don't only meet women through your, your significant others. So our next story is from Christine with the Roast to Scroat. She says, Hi, Queens. I'm submitting another Scroat story for your roasting pleasure. I met a guy on Coffee Meets Bagel about three years ago. At first glance, he seemed like he really wanted to get to know me. And he was an engineer and enjoyed scuba diving and motorcycles, both of which I found really cool. I had so many bad experiences with online dating before that this guy was the best out of all of them. The bar is in hell indeed, but moving on. He set a dinner date fairly quickly, but flaked on the day of and tried to reschedule for the next day. I had enough sense to recognize the disrespect and said no, and then I stopped responding. He kept messaging me after, but I continued to ignore him. Blocking wasn't on my radar since I would feel bad. Clown emoji. It's actually in the email, the clown emoji. I didn't just say that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, I don't don't say like sad emoji in like real life. To communicate emotion. Anyways, cue to about two weeks later, he finds me on WhatsApp and bombards me with messages there. Pick me, Shami thought, oh, he's trying so hard. He must really like me instead of realizing it for what it was. Continued disrespect. So I agreed to a date with him. I mean, that's not your fault because every single movie that comes out of Hollywood or romantic story, it's always about the man being extremely relentless pursuing the girl, even when she doesn't want him. Yeah. I feel like it should be played more for horror effect or comedic effect more often than it is, but it's it's often portrayed as romantic. So yeah, I, I can understand women thinking. And in fact, like I still sometimes fall into that trap of like, if a guy's pursuing me really relentlessly, oh, he must really like me. And, and I have to remind myself like consciously, like, no, this is a sign that he doesn't respect my boundaries. Like, you know, it's a red flag if a man isn't taking no for an answer. Anyways, so he took me to a cute little restaurant in the city and then to a bar for some more food since I was still hungry and paid for everything. Then he had to leave the date early because he had to go to work at 10 p.m. Wait, what? It's like in the emails, like question marks. If he had said he had to go to bed at 10 p.m. because he had to get up early for work, that would make sense. But he had to work at 10 p.m. And surely, like, if you knew you had to work at 10 p.m., I don't know, maybe he's on call or something, but if you knew you had to work at 10 p.m., wouldn't you say, by the way, I have to leave early? You wouldn't just get to the date and be like, yeah, I have to go. Yeah, so suspicious. Who knows? He could just be like an Uber driver or something like that. He got a wife, sis. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got a wife. She said, question mark, not sure if he was lying, but at the time I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Something pinged in her that said, mm, this sounds like nonsense. So she continues, we set another date for a week later and he wouldn't tell me what the plan was, only where and when to meet him. It was a walk date, air quotes, where he repeatedly tried to grope me and get me to go home with him. I refused, made him buy me food because I was starving. And after the date, I kept getting messages from him about how I was giving him blue balls and that I was being a tease. Yeah. So I feel like the red flag was his first incident of disrespect. Yeah. It went from like a red flag to whatever this is, like a red parachute. Yeah. Red flags that matadors wave at bulls in like bullfighting rings in Spain. Yeah. Because this is like clearly, clearly indefensible and dangerous, quite frankly, because this guy sounds like a date rapist. 
So she continues, cue the same cycle of ignoring him and then him repeatedly messaging me until I gave in again. Didn't help that I had pick me lip femme friends who were convincing me to give him a chance. He kept making sexual advances over the next two dates and making me feel guilty for not putting out. And after getting him to begrudgingly agree to be exclusive, I gave in to shut him up. Ugh, girl. Oh, bless her. I gave in to shut him up as if simply being exclusive meant anything. Yeah, getting a guy to agree to be exclusive doesn't mean anything, which is why a lot of times we say that it should really come from the man because they'll just give you lip service to get whatever they want, right? Yeah, so be careful with men like that. So, but I also feel really sad because I've definitely been in that situation before where, again, pre-FDS, sometimes I would just have sex, like, even if I didn't want to have sex and if I wasn't enjoying it, just like, yeah, to get the guy to shut up or to stop pestering me or stop badgering me or for other reasons other than wanting to actually have sex and it's like it's actually so sad that women you know have been programmed by patriarchy to feel like that's necessary like it's not first of all and it's unfortunate that a lot of women feel like if they you know continue to say no that they'll be in danger which is part of the why women do this so it's really sad so she continues he did take me to a few nice museums and fun events in the city after a few more dates he told me that his mom told him to never fall in love what (laughs) that's so bizarre well her son's a piece of work so (laughs) yeah i mean the apple might not fall far from the tree so i don't know what is this like great expectations is this miss havisham (laughs) so she says i didn't think too much of it at the time girl if a guy said that to me i'd be like red fucking flag tell me more about your relationship with your mother i'm gonna psychoanalyze you anyways (laughs) i i didn't think too much of it at the time i should have taken that more seriously he'd also text good morning beautiful every day and i'd be lucky if i got another text that day about anything even if i texted him now that i think about it i wouldn't be surprised if he was copy pasting that to a bunch of other women too ding 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 do you know what that's actually something that i actually find like it's not a red flag per se but it's like a flag of some sort yeah <laughs> That brings up my bullshit. Honestly, like if a guy doesn't use your name, that just sets me off weird because oftentimes when I'm conversing with guys online, I would use their name like more often. But in my previous, like when I was previously like dating men, I would go back over my text and realize that you didn't actually call me by my name in any of our messages. And I just find that very, very weird. Yeah. Or he could be copying that to everyone. Yeah. It's like they don't remember likely or they're copy and pasting it. Exactly. It was almost like they just don't, like, see you as an individual. Like, I just don't know. It just makes me very nervous when a guy literally never uses my name. Say my name, say my name. I feel like Beyonce was trying to tell us something. Destiny's Child was telling us the truth. Like, if a guy doesn't say your name... You acting kind of shady. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It feels like they're trying to create emotional distance by talking to you like an object rather than a person. I think that's why that feels like a flag. Exactly. I totally agree with you, Savannah. Yeah. So convinced I should give him a chance and that he wasn't that bad. (laughs) Okay. How many chances does he get? Like, at this point, we've gone from like the Matador flag to like, there's now like more red flags than a communist rally in Soviet Russia in 1929. Like, that's how many, how many flags this guy has. I want to zero in on the phrase, he wasn't that, why would you want a long-term relationship with someone where you're like, oh, he's not that bad, right? Like, I would not want to be with someone. That'll do, pig. That'll do. 
<laughs> the idea of being in a relationship with someone, unless I'm like totally crazy about them, is like so weird to me. I mean, some men, it's like, yeah, I might not be crazy about them at first and they kind of grow out on me kind of thing. It's like their continued acts of service increase my attraction to them over time. But like, why would you want to be with a guy where it's like, oh, he's not that bad? Like, if you're thinking that, like, he's mediocre. Like, why would you want to be with someone who's mediocre? Uh. So she did mention that a lot of her friends were pressuring her to give him a chance. So it could be a situation where this is why it's important to cultivate your girl gang. It could be a situation where, you know, maybe she's the odd one out. Maybe she's the third wheel in a lot of her friendships right now. And so, you know, there could be some like pressure to just feel like, oh, I should get in a relationship. So I don't feel, you know, like the oddball. So we can go on couple dates, you know, what's the word? Like double dates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes that happens with friendship dynamics, but I feel like a good friend would help you hold out for the right one. So it wasn't that bad. We ended up dating for a year. Girl. Okay. That's a year of your life wasted on this man. Okay. Savannah, are you okay? Like, <laughs> I'm barely holding it in. <laughs> Even though he didn't make me his girlfriend until five months and then I had to ask him multiple times where we stood. He wasn't all bad though. <laughs> That's the thing. He wasn't all bad. He did help me out, like put my new apartment together. And he stayed until 3am once when my flight coming home was delayed, even though he had to work the next day to pick me up. And he treated my family to a really nice dinner. Okay, so these are like, people don't understand about shitty men is that like, yeah, it's not like black and white, like a low value man or a shitty man isn't going to be shitty all of the time. There's going to be a few moments where they're going to be decent. And you can't allow yourself to be blinded by those good moments when they're being shitty. Yeah, I feel like I have friends that would do this that I'm not having sex with or exclusively committed to. So none of this to me seems, yeah, special. I feel like above and beyond is what your significant other should do versus things that you would just ask a friend to do, right? And a lot of these guys can't even really be good friends, sadly enough. A lot of what she's talking about, I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you had a good friend, wouldn't they do this for you? You know? Yeah, exactly. So, but she continues, but the red flags were waving all over the place and outweighed anything good he did. I still had a savior complex and stupidly kept hoping things would change if I just communicated. And she writes that like uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, like if I just communicated. Like the SpongeBob voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the SpongeBob mocking voice communicated. <laughs> this was pre-FDS and I was scared and insecure of being alone still. Yeah, I can relate to that. We've been there. Yeah, we've been there. So like I said, what society, it's not your fault, right? A lot of this is just bad messaging we got. Yeah. So he frequently flaked on dates and would disappear for days at a time without any explanation. Unless I sexed him, then he would respond quickly. <laughs> Was that the part you're laughing at, Savannah? <laughs> wow. Why am I so driven by this? <laughs> like they'll drop everything to respond to like a need <laughs> that's like peak coomerism <laughs> that is a symptom of peak coomerism no but here's the thing savannah what you have to understand about men is that like biologically they literally are just like a penis and then the rest of their body is just a life support system for that penis like the whole reason why they exist mm. <laughs> <laughs> i said this on twitter some people like loved it and hated it. <laughs> the rest of you is just a penis life support system. <laughs> I know Gail Dines in our episode with Gail Dines, she was like, men are more than just life support systems for their penises. And I'm like, mm, the way that they act like on their own <laughs> kind of makes me think that that's exactly what they are. <laughs> I love you, Gail Dines. Please don't hate me. Okay. <laughs> 
let's just say a lot of these guys are really not maximizing their like potential of their mind and their soul. They just go through life essentially as a life support system for their erect penis. Anyways, yeah, unless I sexed him, then he would respond quickly. Like a stubborn ass, I pursued him more to get him to see I was worth his time. Oh, that's so sad. Okay. Once he flaked because he apparently didn't do his laundry and another time to deliver cash to his cousin's boyfriend's mom. Cousin's boy, what? Yeah. This guy sounds like a drug dealer, to be honest. I mean, I'm not even being funny, but like the disappearing for days at a time, sending massive amounts of cash, like hand delivering massive amounts of cash to random people. He constantly tried to get me to do anal and wouldn't quit asking even when I told him no, trying to tell me it'll make you feel good and even had an accidental slip once. Okay, so let me talk about that because this has happened to me and I honestly want this to be like categorized as sexual assault. This clearly it's not accidental. It's very hard to prove though. And it's one of those things where I feel like we need to start putting the fear of God into men for doing that. Yeah, call back to earlier in this episode when the guy got really mad about the whole false rape accusations thing. I mean, again, I'm saying it's not a false rape accusation if it's actually rape, but I do think we need to put the fear... Like, what I like about the whole oh, don't be alone with a woman in case she falsely accuses you of rape is that we need to put the fear of God into men, okay? We need to make them fear that there will be consequences for their actions. That was the point about that rant. Right now, men don't fear consequences for their behavior because they know there aren't any. We need to be the ones to, even if we're not actually imposing consequences, we need to make them fear the possibility of consequences to deter that kind of behavior. Yeah. And it's such a horrible thing. Like, I mean, I don't necessarily recommend this, but to the point where like, I want to threaten men and be like, if you put your hands on my neck or you try to accidentally stick your dick in my butt, I'm calling the cops like straight up. Cause I feel like that's happened to me enough times where I'm like, they clearly don't understand this is extremely violating and assault. I actually have threatened to call the cops on men before and they immediately back down like majority of the time, unless they're like white and rich and then they'll just laugh in my face. But most of the rest of them, if they're not privileged in some way, they'll be like, they'll immediately back down. To be fair, I sort of went down like the more extreme route, but it did work. So I was meeting a guy. So I watched a lot of true crime with my dad and then especially in American culture, like it's actually in a way like, because you learn there's like a thousand and one ways to kill somebody. So... I was like, I was meeting this guy and, you know, I like had a car at the time and I was going to pick him up, like a pick me was, but anyway, and I said, if you try anything at all, I would actually bury your body so well, even the fucking birds wouldn't find them. Because he came to me and there's loads of fields around where I live <laughs> in the countryside. So I was like, I could easily just dispose of you. Then he actually said, like, I'm actually really scared of you. I was like, good. That's the point. So you won't try anything. <laughs> My MO is I... <laughs> I think I'm actually just going to go ahead and say this in an episode because this is, I think I'm going to stay anonymous for the foreseeable future. I just didn't want my murder MO to get to be like public in case I actually like did this. Just kidding. This is all for comedic purposes and I would totally not do this. But like me and my friends and my sister basically have like a pact of like murdering each other's rapists. And so it's like moving forward. Yeah. If any of us ever get sexually assaulted, the MO is we're going to sneak up on him, hit him in the back of the head put him in the back of my truck, drive off to a forest service road, dump him on the side of the road and wash our hands of him. And then that'll be that. But yeah, so I just wanted to say. But to make sure you don't leave any trace evidence. Yeah. Should we bury him or burn him? Maybe start a forest fire to cover up the evidence? No, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. We'll take this conversation offline then if I'll give you ideas. <laughs> give you ideas. Yeah, we'll take that offline. Because like, I think the forest fire might actually be the thing that they're motivated to find because of how much destruction forest fires cause. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, so you actually don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. So I'll I'll not do that. So like, you don't want to do that. 
No, just, uh, yeah, I mean, there's lots of people who would go for long drives on the Forest Service roads at night. There's loads of unsolved murders up in the north in Canada. So, yeah, anyways. Okay, fed up. I randomly started poking at his butthole. And he would I can't say it. Bro, can you hold it together long enough to say Because I can't. Fed up, I started randomly poking at his butthole, and he would jump two feet high each time and screech at me to stop that. Do you know what that reminded me of? You know, Tom and Jerry, when like, you know, Tom would get like poked in the butt and he'd jump and like do that scream. That's what it reminded me of. But again, sometimes you have to hold men's hand through the concept of having empathy for women because like the man will stick his dick in your butthole and like expect you to just be fine with it or just like they expect you to react like they do in porn, right? Where the woman's just like, oh my God, yay, that's so amazing, right? And women in real life are like, hey, what the fuck? Like, you know, yeah, jumping two feet high in the air. So yeah, sometimes you need to put men through what they put women through in order for them to feel empathy for women. Yeah, I'm cool with this. <laughs> you gonna learn him real good. oh no oh my god ironically he claimed to be a god-fearing christian (sighs) jesus lord who aspired to be a pastor are you surprised right like i don't know why you're acting shocked (laughs) Uh, no i'm not surprised a lot of pastors are creeps they're just power hungry creeps that i mean no disrespect to anyone in particular, but a lot of these guys are just running a cult, right? No, it's true. And they realize the type of guys who aspire to be a pastor, a small percentage of them are doing it because they genuinely want to help people. A middle percentage are doing it because they think it's a grift. And then the other ones are just cult leaders, right? Like they just realize like I can manipulate people to do whatever I want. They're sociopaths. And the number of affairs that happen in like the senior leadership of the church is ridiculous. Like, and it wouldn't be like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, like one off. These guys would be having an affair for like 10 years with like the choir master whilst getting up every day or every Sunday saying that adultery is a sin. Like, it's honestly so fucked up. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, we need to do like a whole episode on like the lies of the church because honestly, I've seen some things in my day. Yeah, I agree. It's always like, there's always like one good pastor and then just a bunch of other people who I don't know how to describe them, but like they're there for very nefarious reasons that are sometimes hard to articulate, but you can kind of see in their behavior. So next, uh, he was also terrified of periods and bragged that when one of his exes had her period, he refused to see her because he thought it was gross. Why would he brag about that? What is this like Leviticus rules? Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds very, very old. Because in the Old Testament, in in Leviticus, it says if a woman is on her period, she's basically an outcast. She can't go to the temple, basically, like, you know, create a wide berth around her. They were basically treated like they were lepers. Like, you know how, like, lepers were kept outside the city away from everyone else. That's how women on their periods were basically, or like, that's how Leviticus basically said or depicted how women should be treated on their periods. That's so fucked up. That they were unclean, yeah. Yeah, basically you sit in a chair. If I'm not mistaken, like you're supposed to sit in a chair in like one room. Yeah, because anything you touch should be unclean because you were unclean for having a period. Yeah. Which sort of kind of maybe a little bit makes sense, you know, pre-antibiotic, pre-sanitary napkin phase if you have like open blood. Yeah, but they were slaughtering animals, like, and didn't give a shit about cross-animal contamination, not washing their hands, using blades that probably weren't cleaned or sterilized. Yeah, they had all kinds of foodborne illness and stuff. Like, there are other things that were... It was just misogyny, honestly. They just didn't understand it. They were like, why do women bleed when they are not wounded? I don't understand. It must be demons. I don't know. Like, they just didn't get it, right? So, yeah, it's just plain old misogyny. He also made a comment that if his significant other had his baby, he also, quote, 
wasn't sure if I could ever look at it the same way again. It being her vagina. This is the guy who claimed he wanted to be married with children one day. Oh, the Madonna Hall, the Madonna Hall complex in play. God, okay. Man is so disgusting, honestly. This man is really a problem. Yeah, he's vile. Yeah. Whole man, call a whole man <laughs> disposal service. Yes, dispose of the whole man. We were talking about Halloween once and I told him I had a phobia of porcelain dolls. He immediately said he would decorate my apartment with porcelain dolls when I wasn't home one day. Oh, what a piece of shit. Can I just rant actually about men like, okay, men like this, you need to categorically avoid. These guys are the most toxic where if you say you don't like something and the man tries to do it more, sometimes I'll just do like a quick blood in the water test of some men where I say like, oh, I don't like being tickled or something. I just like really hate being tickled. If he immediately tries to start tickling me, that guy is a guy who enjoys violating boundaries. He's the same mentality as a rapist, honestly. Like if you say, I don't want to have sex tonight and he immediately tries to have sex with you, like fucking run like these guys are like sadists they enjoy psychologically torturing women and forcing women to go through things they don't enjoy run like they're actively toxic god i hate men like that this is what we call a habitual line stepper like a pathological line stepper yeah they don't get better they get like exponentially worse yeah they get worse he would also talk to my alexa and tell her to put stupid things in my wish list like butt plugs and dildos oh my god god bring christian man ladies and would laugh hysterically when I got annoyed at him. The worst thing about this is like, I check my Amazon at work and stuff like that. And if somebody was putting that into my browser history, that would just make me look bad. So he would also joke around and put unicorn porn on my computer and would sometimes make horse noises during sex. What the hell? <laughs> Some of these roast is gross. It's like, oh, this guy's horrible. This guy's abusive. But some of these, it's like, really? Why are you putting up with like, it's almost like an L for the woman that you ever put up with this. It's like, girl, come on. I think what happens is you can never predict how low and depraved men go. And it's again, it's the frog in water theory. So I bet like she's just kind of watching this happen like a deer in headlights and being like, well, surely it can't get worse than this. Surely he understands this is terrible. Yeah, I kind of see how this happens. Here's the thing with men is you have to nip this shit in the bud early. Like, I, and I've learned this working with men, like the first sign of disrespect, you need to come down on them hard, put the fear of God in them, teach them that there will be consequences and that they will suffer if they fuck with you the first time. Because if you try to let things slide the first few times, that's when they go like, oh, like she's Lilith, she's a cool girl. She can put up with whatever, right? And then it escalates. Like, I'm dead serious. You need to put the fear of God in these men and know, teach them there will be consequences. The first sign of disrespect. I can see what Ro is saying, though in that it's just a gradual escalation he didn't begin doing this like you know putting all this crap into our amazon wish list like early on like they know what they're doing it's a very very it's almost like a gradual progression like you said of disrespect but you know like rose said you just don't see it coming it just and then before you know it you're in you know so deep and then you have things like the sunk cost fallacy and you see the little bits of when they're nice to you and it's just yeah it's an awful situation to be in and when you can remove yourself and like talk about it as eloquently as she's currently doing that's when you see how absurd it is but in the moment it just like okay well on to the next one i'll talk to him and it'll be all right on to the next event you know what i mean yeah this came out of nowhere i may have mentioned offhand once that i thought horses were beautiful but that's about it well he's a porn sick coomer scrout 
So everything gets sexualized. This guy is so weird. And also, why would you, if she mentions it offhand, like she likes horses, why would you then go and do something to do with horses? That's fucked up. Like, I don't get what he's getting out of this. This guy has obvious, like, psychological sadistic tendencies. Like, when a man actively enjoys, like, making you uncomfortable or, like, ruining things that you enjoy or, um, you know, if he finds out you don't like something and he does that more, a sadist like that guy's evil like run okay later in the relationship he admitted to dating an 18 year old when he was in his mid-30s and complained that she acted like a kid dot 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 like what did you expect bro i think that's actually a fair reaction like i've known other men who were in their early 30s and they're talking to 17 year olds complain to me that she's so immature and stupid and i'm just like she's 17 and i'm not saying that all 17 year olds are immature and stupid but that like, you're at completely different developmental ages like why are you talking to somebody who's half your age well they go after these girls because they like how vulnerable they are yeah i would never date anybody who dates teenagers i mean Realistically, women that young just don't know better unless they had good people in their life to get this guy out of their space as quickly as possible. So that's, I mean, truthfully, it's just him trying to pick off who are likely to be vulnerable or naive. Yeah, massive red flag, anybody in their 30s dating a teenager, like period, end of story. Okay, also had some strange family dynamics. His mom didn't like that I held, quote, Asian beliefs, even though I am Asian, just because I had an Asian dragon decal on my car. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, another red flag. Oh, so his family's racist. That's great. He invited his cousin and her boyfriend on a weekend trip with us. The whole time his cousin was trying to get him alone and kept speaking in Spanish to him, knowing full well that her boyfriend and I did not speak it. Not sure what that was about, but at least he had the sense to answer in English. We went to Montreal and he would purposely do a really horrible mocking French accent to all the locals and workers. Or just like insensitive, I guess, or just rude. I mean, if you just say, like, I don't like Asian beliefs, like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? That is based on a, a dragon, like, decal. Is it decal or decal? I don't know how to pronounce that word. I've no idea what a decal, decal is. That might be the Canadian pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> or should I say the Canadian pronunciation? Yeah, I think they just sound, like, really stupid, honestly. Like I said, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. His mom's, like, a little bit strange, and he definitely takes after her in terms of weirdness. He was always strangely broke, even though he claimed he made six figures, had a roommate to offset 50% of his living expenses and did Uber part-time. So he's a failed drug dealer. Yeah, this is the failed drug dealer lifestyle. (laughs) I later learned that all those nice museums and events he took me to on the initial few dates he had coupons for. (laughs) Oh no! I mean, there's nothing wrong with coupon dates, like, once you're in a relationship, but, like, early in the phases of dating, it's, like, really... I also caught him talking to other women, and he never did uninstall his dating apps, even though he lied about it, trying to say those were his family members whose numbers he hadn't saved. (laughs) Men will just lie the craziest lies. Like, girls, like, this is why you need to challenge men on this shit. I actually... I had a guy try to pull this on me. This is a few years ago when I was still using Tinder and I was like uh, dating a guy and he's like, Oh, it was after he wanted to be exclusive. And then I caught him using Tinder still. And then he was like, Oh, I just have some friends on Tinder. And like, that's the only place I can contact them. And I was like, I challenged him on that. I was just like, what do you mean your friends? Like if they were friends, why wouldn't you have them on like WhatsApp or like texting or something? 
And he's like, oh, I don't know. We just like, we just like to use the Tinder messaging app. I'm like, I knew that was a fucking lie. And I was like, okay, so we're not exclusive then, right? Like you're dating, I'm dating. Like, I guess if you're still using Tinder, we're not exclusive. And then we had a whole argument back and forth. Eventually did delete Tinder, but it was like a really stupid fucking game he tried to play on me. Like, why do men lie like that and expect us to believe them? Like, girls, stop, like, accepting these kinds. Like, he clearly lied like that before. The woman was just like, oh, okay, I guess. Like, stop letting men get away with this shit. God. I just don't understand what it is in the male brain that allows them just to compulsively say the dumbest shit that's possible and say it with a straight face and believe it with their whole heart and try to convince you of it. Like, what is that? And then they'll be mad when you don't believe them, even though they know it's bullshit. They're mad at you for not believing their bullshit. Like, man. Men, what is wrong with them? Having an XY chromosome is like having a mental like disorder or something. Like, I swear. <laughs> it kind of is. Increasingly every day, that's what it seems like. They just have this like... I call it male pattern delusion, right? Like it's just something that makes them on some level kind of delusional. So, okay. So then finally he got a female roommate who I never met and he wouldn't let me stay over at his place anymore as to quote, not set a bad example for her. What says the scrot who's trying anal and wanted to be a person. (laughs) He's definitely trying to fuck his female roommate. That's why. Oh my God. Or he has fucked her. Or or he has fucked her. He's cheating. Then I also found a photo of a porn star with a message personalized for him. And he tried to say it was because his boss went to a porn convention and had that signed for him. Okay, this man... This guy is such a liar! Here's the thing, like, with men, the more you let them lie to you, the more gullible they think you are, and the more they think they can get away with. That's the thing, like, you gotta nip this shit in the bud early. Let them know that you're not the sort of person that's gonna let them get away with this shit. Like, this is behavior that i have towards men that i'm not romantically involved with like men that i'm working with or men that i you know have to just interact with on a day-to-day basis stuff like that i would never in my whole fucking life date if i had to have implement these sorts of control measures like nipping lies in the butt early like that that's not the kind of men you want to date anyways right yeah no it's not worth it but you need to train them to be used to women talking to them like that honestly i think that's good for them psychologically yeah, I think I would just like condescend to him if for some reason was still in this relationship. I'd be treating him like he was like borderline developmentally delayed because he was trying to say lies that were pretty absurd to anybody with two eyes and two ears. Okay, maybe we'll do a separate episode about this, but I actually think that like in relationships where one partner is really, really, really stupid, I actually consider that to be unethical. Like I think, you know, in the same way with age gaps, we think it's unethical if it's like much more experienced, older, mature person with like a younger, inexperienced, less mature person. I think if you're in a relationship as a woman, you know, and the smarter partner by like a lot and your man is really, 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 really really fucking stupid i think that's unethical it's like having sex with someone who's mentally disabled honestly i just think that's like a rape adjacent i mean i like a good himbo right but i don't like intelligence discrepancy that's so large that it makes me feel like a predator you know like i want him to (laughs) you know but the stupid ones are hot lilith (laughs) i want him to at least like be somewhat close to my level you know like (laughs) Here's the thing. This guy's a himbo because he's like, he's dumb, but he's not like a himbo to me is like someone who's dumb, but respects women. This guy doesn't respect women and he's dumb. So he's like malicious to women and is dumb. Like that's just like a double no. I also asked him about nine months in how he felt about me. 
He said that he wasn't in love with me and he didn't know if he would ever be. Anyway, I tried to break up with him several times, but he would always promise things would be better. And stupidly, I stayed, even though I was starting to resent him. Really? Starting to. Like too patient. Way too patient. You sound like a very patient person. This just sounds like a very, very patient person. Yeah. I think your patience level is much higher than even the average person who would have been like, this is crazy. Yeah. Eventually, and I'm not proud of this, I started picking fights with him and then went on a date with someone else. He found out and broke up with me. I felt relieved more than upset. I finally blocked and deleted him. And then when I went to clean up my online dating account the next day, I found that he had updated his profile with new pics and a new bio. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Ideally, you never see this girl at all. You just immediately block everything. You would block him on anything that would ever expose you to him further because he's he sounds like a horrible person that brought nothing to your life whatsoever and would you should be in the future completely denying that you ever had a relationship with him (laughs) so okay so side note i feel like if you have a relationship this bad you're allowed to delete it from your relationship history files like don't even like never tell anybody you accepted this pretend it never happened if you see this man in the street walk the other way act like you don't know him straight up yeah no i actually support that completely some men they don't deserve to like be a notch on your belt. Like if the relationship was that bad, if a guy, if you have sex with a guy and he doesn't make you come, I don't think that counts as sex. I actually think that that wasn't real sex. I agree. Yeah. Like ladies, if you've had sex with a ton of dudes and they never made you come, your body count is zero. So on a happy note, uh, so this kind of ends on a happier note. I went to therapy to address my codependency and insecurity issues and I'm working on myself still. You ladies are awesome. Thanks so much for doing what you do and empowering women to level up. Love, Christine. Thanks so much for writing us. Awesome, Christine. We love you too. Yeah, thanks for writing us. This is a great story. What I like about this story just from like a teachable moment perspective is like you can see the escalating abuse, the escalating and even more ridiculous lies. Gaslighting, you know. All the stuff we say to look out for and all the things that happens when you start the gaslighting, right? When you start to ignore the initial one, which... The first one was the disrespect on like literally the first date, right? So if I'm lying about that. Actually, I want to say I'm really glad that they only dated a year. Like some of these women will date these men and end up marrying them and having kids with them and shit, right? Like, yeah, so true. So true. Yeah, they need to not make it back into the gene pool at all. Exactly. So as much as like we were almost kind of dragging for putting up with this for so long, it's like, I'm glad she got out, right? In the end, even if the way that she got out was like, you know, he broke up with her for going on another date, which is kind of like, you know, obviously you want to leave with your pride intact. You want to be the one to do the block and delete. Right. But still, like, I would say that that's still a better ending than how a lot of women turn out with these guys where I'm sure the abuse would just gradually the abuse and the gaslighting and mistreatment and everything would have just like escalated and escalated and escalated until like she ends up, you know, either dead or or a shell of her former self emotionally. So I'm this has a happy ending in my view. Agreed. I think that's it for today. All right. So that's our show. If you'd like to submit your very own Roast to Scroat or Nasus or Scroat Strike Back to be included in one of our episodes, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy and sign up for one of those tiers. You can also chat, chit chat with us on Discord. Also, there's bonus content. Also follow us on Twitter at fem.strat as well as check out our website. You can discuss this episode and more at thefemaledatingstrategy.com. Check out our forum. And on Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Thanks for listening, Queens, and for all you obsessive compulsive coupon clipping coomers, die mad. <laughs>